It all started with a tweet. But really, it started with the comment response to my tweet, which said, Religious schools took freedom to choose my own path and mentally damaged me. I had to learn more. Hello, I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to the podcast, The Story Is, the podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. In this second year of the podcast, we will start with the theme of perspectives, how stories go from fodder to accepted fact. While critical parts or perspectives are forgotten in favor of printing the legend, and promoting popular opinion. On this episode, the story is Getting Perspective. It all started with a tweet. In response to the news that Mike Pence's wife teaches at a Christian school which lists homosexual activity as disqualifying criteria for employees, there was a news media and social media outcry. I saw on Twitter how awful Christian schools were. The hashtag ExposeChristianSchools was trending. I saw the conversation go from this one school, Mike Pence's wife's school, go from this one school is bad to all Christian schools being labeled as bigoted, hateful, closed-minded, and a cruel place where students must be miserable. In response, I tweeted using the, using the Exposed Christian Schools hashtag. I tweeted, It was awful. I got a great education from teachers who cared about me. I'll never be the same. I got a few likes. I got a few positive comments. I got some negative comments. I ignored the negative comments. And... <laughs> to my own dismay, uh, exposing my own bias, if that's not apparent enough, until I saw that one that grabbed my attention. A woman responded with, Religious schools took freedom to choose my own path and and mentally damaged me. I had to know what she meant and asked to hear more. What followed gave me the blueprint and inspiration for the next three episodes. My goal? Gaining perspective on religious high schools. This commenter had mentioned, when I asked her to give me more information, she mentioned the school and location. I kept her information anonymous, along with all the others who have taken the time to share with me their experience. After the school and location, she says, Girls in my old school of all ages, this institution literally goes from infancy to senior year of high school, were shamed and told to wear conservative skirts below our knees because it was God's plan for us to dress feminine and we would distract our male peers. I once had a female teacher tell me to change because one of my male teachers was not okay 
with seeing my kneecaps. I was 11 years old. After reading this, I began seeking out more perspectives to see if there was any overlap with her experience. I sent out a poll. I asked people this question, one of them being, I asked if they ever saw standards enforced in an excessive manner. I asked people that I knew had attended a Christian school themselves. What I was looking for was personal experiences, not things they had heard happened, but what they have seen firsthand. Person number one. As far as rule enforcement, absolutely. The emphasis that was placed on the outward appearance of conformity to the institutional rules far outweighed the underlying spiritual concerns. Certainly, leadership would say different, but in my opinion, that is because the desire for conformity is so ingrained in every aspect of the culture that they literally don't see the facade for what it is. I have no doubt that my teachers cared about me spiritually, but even coming from a stable Christian background, I more than once questioned my own faith because I failed to meet the impossible standards set by the leadership, and I, wrongly, put too much stock in how I acted rather than why I acted. Person number two. Standards were pretty strict. I saw them enforced inconsistently. Heavy-handed seemed to be the realm of the, on the, of the women's side of campus, but I can't speak directly to that. A lot of shaming and guilt. Person number three. Rules seemed rules for no good reason. Example. Girls had to have knees covered. No pants for girls. I felt a pressure to act perfectly according to what the cookie-cutter Christian should be. Almost cult-like. Not only these perspectives, but I also spoke with my friend Ryan about his experience at a religious high school. Here's that conversation. Uh, Share your experience. No problem, Sam. It's great to be a returning contestant on The Story Is. Yes. Um, you're, at least as, as, as far as number of uh, appearances, you are behind. Yeah. But, you know, there's this, but the quality, always good. Yeah, I'm going to have to so, find, I'm going to make my life more interesting like your other guests, and that way I can be on more. Well, you know, it, it'd be easier if you were, if you were married to me, then, <laughs> you know. We would probably podcast more often. That's true, yeah. But what can you do? We're we're both already taken. We are, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to be looking at, because, um, again, we're I'm trying to gain, as it's kind of the, I'm almost titling the miniseries Gaming Perspective, my Christian school, high school experience was pretty, pretty positive. I didn't have any real major run-ins um i went to the same uh you know church that was connected to the high school and got along with everybody my teachers and everything and i really don't regard it as anything negative but what i found 
um, with a number of people um, through the miracles of the internets is that that wasn't always the case. And I wanted, and uh, so uh, for your information, I am going to be including um, in this episode other people's perspectives and what they've told me. I'll be um, verbally reading it out. Okay. Um, but I also wanted to get somebody on the episode that that wanted to was comfortable with actually speaking it themselves. Okay. And that would be so. I, that would be you. Right. So I appreciate it, Ryan. No problem. And again, I um, we don't necessarily have to uh, like name names or anything, but just kind of gives a overall, you know, well as specific as you can be about your experience, you know, how you regard it and why, and, and we can kind of explore from there. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely be naming names. I'm ready to call some people out. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, I went to Falls Baptist Academy in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, It was a K through 12 school, very small classes. Um, I started in sixth grade was my first year. I came from a public grade school and then I went to, um, sixth grade at Falls Baptist Academy and I graduated from there. So I went there all the way through sixth through 12th. Um, I graduated from there. Uh, generally speaking, my experience, um, I would probably say looking back more negative than positive, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it really depends on the Christian school. Mine is a little bit notorious. It's very strict. Um, like you weren't able to date anyone, um, which is looking back pretty weird because as a kid going through puberty, you're like, ooh, girls. And uh, the whole time you're kind of being held back or there's a fear about kind of following through with talking to a girl you think was cute or whatever. Um, and I think it's a little bit stunting in terms of growing up as well. It's uh, something I think uh, kind of a skill that you learn the more you do. Um, and I felt kind of stunted in that way, um, talking to girls I liked. Um, but I, I think what kind of sums it up, I, I thought of like when you asked me to come on, I was trying to think of like stories I could tell that kind of sum up my experience. Um, and I think one of the better ones is I was going into my senior year. So I was going to graduate after this final year at Falls Baptist. And uh, my principal called me in before uh, the school year started and said he wanted to talk to me. Hmm. So, you know, when, take a look that sounds that sounds it does doesn't it so um i went in during my summer vacation like a week before the school year started i think it was and he sits me down and he says basically i want to see a change in you ryan i'm during this school year or we're going to have a problem so i said okay what would you like to see me change wow and he literally never gave me an answer. He just said, I want to see a change in you. I was like, what do you want me to change? Um, and he just would basically in 20 different ways, repeat the same thing. 
Um, so basically I left that thinking, wow, I'm going to get kicked out of the school in my senior year. And I don't really know why. Wow. And, uh, and that kind of sums it up in a way. There was always a culture of fear. You're always afraid that you're going to get in trouble for doing something, even if it was completely innocent. Basically being a kid, joking around. Um, and looking back, that it's kind of a weird way to grow up, um, as opposed to being a kid, learning your way, making mistakes. You're just concerned about getting through the day and not getting in trouble. And I mean, that threat wasn't light either. I countless people in my school were kicked out when I was there. It's a, I mean, at least a few a year. And, and again, this is not a big school. They're like, like a dozen a class, I think was probably the average. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about, you know, over high school, you're talking about in junior high, you're talking about six different grades like drawing less than 100 kids and you're talking about a few people kicked out every year so i mean that's a pretty big percentage when you think about it um right so they were like you know for sure that they were because it could there's always like a variety it's either like they were like disciplined out or they were they or they decided to leave right um but it, it, is it kind of like a, a variation on the, of a similar theme of uh, they weren't, it was obvious that they were no longer the right fit at the school. Right. Or was, or was it a, spe- or in some cases it would be a specific issue of you've done this certain thing. You can no longer attend. You've done this certain thing. You can no longer attend. Or, or you've okay. done I mean, we had a uh, demerit system, which is mm-hmm. old school. Um, but basically, every infraction had a point value. You reach a certain point value, they kick you out. So there were those. And there were also, um, you know, just like something they felt was so egregious that you had to be kicked out. And usually the thing that was so egregious was you've been, you know, talking to a girl behind everybody's back all this time or you've been dating all this time. I mean, that was probably the most common reason people were kicked out. Right. So we're talking just hanging out and, and just talking. Yeah. I'm not talking about as opposed to, I mean, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is, uh, whereas if we're talking about in, in a public school, even then they have alternatives for like, you know, if, if a teenager suddenly gets pregnant, right. Yes. Well, even in that, even I'm that public style of the worst case scenarios possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so. It, but that's not what we're talking about. No. When we're talking about the folks that would that are being discovered. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's also just to give you an idea of the rules, you can go to movies, um, can listen to certain kinds of music. Um. You know, there are expectations for our church attendance and things like that. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, going to movies is things that kids do, (laughs) you know, listen to music is things that kids do. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, It's fairly normal. So it's, it's like growing up in that environment. I feel at, I felt at the time, but kind of at the time you're just getting through it more, but looking back, it's like, wow, I, I was kind of stunted for 
in my mind, foolish reasons. Um, right. Yeah. That's what I was curious about was how restrictive it felt at the time, because, um, because you said you went in at sixth grade. Right? Yeah. Was that switch weird for you? Yeah, it was. It was, I mean, I was still, I mean, I was very young. I, I've only been through grade school, but, uh, yeah, I used to go to movies all the time when I was in grade school. I used to um, listen to music all the time when I was in grade school. And now that became like, well, that's a problem if you do that. And if you do it, you have to make sure you don't get caught. Um, so, so yeah, I, but I think like in any, humans are very adaptable to their scenarios. Um, and I think I just, you find a way to adapt to the situation you're in. And you and you and you adapted, and I adapted, and I I survived. Um, but looking back, I wonder why that was necessary. I don't. And looking back, I really don't think it is. And I think, I mean, you've said you've had a good Christian school experience. I was actually last night, funny enough, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, went to a different Christian school in the area, and he had a fine time. Yeah, but but when we talk about the rules and like the the attitude of the the, uh, the high school it was far less restrictive. Um, so, so he looks back on that situation as, you know, I, I, for the most part had a fun time. So, um, I think that that was really, it It was just the general overall philosophy and the really fear was the biggest motivator there that they used against you. And, and, uh, I, I guess that probably came from the top in terms of the leadership, but, uh, I don't think it's uh, necessarily a healthy environment for growing up in your formative years. Right. That is one uh, similar feeling I can uh, empathize with is the constant fear of getting in trouble. Like that is, is that is your number one concern. I didn't even, you don't even have a chance to worry about your grades you're worried about making sure you right. have all the rules. And it's getting in trouble for things that are like fun and fairly innocent. Um, and things that kids all around you going to different schools are doing. Uh, um, and mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's like it's a black cloud over your head the whole time. I, I just never really understood the reason for it. I know they think it's these are sins or you have to be apart from the world and things like that. Um, but Looking back, I don't buy any of that, really. Um, I think uh, I think it's just being kids and having a good time. Life's too short not to enjoy it, you know? Right. Um, because the the mindset, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, thinking <laughs> of the, the ideal or the idea is creating this environment that is kind of sterile that doesn't um allow you know the outside world's like philosophies to kind of come in mm-hmm. and like corrupt young minds is what i would understand it to be and the philosophy i guess in this and i i think from their mindset comes in in many ways like how you dress yeah. and how you act and how you talk so i mean that's other things too like your hair like could be touching your ears and stuff or, right or the collar in the back of your head 
um yeah i mean i didn't really thought about that for a long time but yeah that was the thing too you know it's like it's uh it feels more like a military than uh than a high school and if i if i wanted to join the military that right. option would definitely have been available to me when i turned 18 so um or, or my parents could have sent me to a military academy if they wanted to. But um, that shouldn't have been the situation at this Christian school, in my opinion. Um, I could tell another story about the time I got suspended, if you want to know about that one. Okay, so uh, I got suspended. Do. I had a uh, subscription to Sports Illustrated magazine. And every year, as most people know, there's an issue called the Swimsuit Edition that came out. Right. I remember my brother had a subscription. It was the, and we had the annual situation of, well, we, uh, <laughs> hi, mom. Uh, uh, we, we're, we're not reading this for the article right. either. We're, we're checking this. Don't worry. So my mom There's would usually thing. confiscate that one, but I happened to get a hold of it. Um, and, you know, I had it. And I had a friend in school who I told that I had it. And he said, I want it. So I was like, well, okay. So I ripped my name off the, the corner and it has my name and address on it. And I gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And I said, I never want to see this or hear about it again. That's my quote to him. Uh, he had it for a while and then he gave it to another right. kid. That kid got caught with it in a study hall. Hmm. Um, so then the investigation began <laughs> basically. Basically, so oh, the, uh, the kid who got caught with it eventually turned on the guy that gave it to him. Gave it to him. So the onion was unpeeling. <laughs> and, that was, and then on, I think the week before, like I had I'd been on vacation or something, like I wasn't in town, but I got into school on a Monday morning and another friend of mine, it says, the guy who I gave it to turned on me and he told so I was kind of mentally prepared for the situation. Um, sure enough, later that day, I got called into mm-hmm. one of the assistant pastor's offices. And uh, he asked me if it was mine, and I just admitted it right away. I mean, what's the point of lying now? <laughs> so, uh, so I admitted it right away. Right. He's like, well, I appreciate you admitting it. You should have come home forward sooner. You're suspended for a week. So not exactly the most riveting story in the world, but kind of an example of fairly normal behavior for teenage boys to be interested in the sports illustrated swimsuit edition. Um, but that turned mm-hmm. in like, that won't be a problem anywhere in a public school or most private schools, but here it was. Um, right. Because in some cases, I mean, it may depend on the discretion of the teacher, the reactions could vary. It could be, hey, kid, what are you doing that with, with that at school? You know, don't do it again type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But not, yeah. not a full-blown investigation. Exactly, yes. There's far worse things I could have been doing at that age than giving a friend the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. Um, yeah, so um, I, I, wanna, I, I will say not everything was bad. Um, Probably my favorite teacher ever was my history teacher there. Um, mm-hmm. She gave me a lifelong interest in history after I started to take his class. Uh, 
I made good friends there. People I still talk to today. Um, but looking back, it seemed over overly restrictive and not a healthy environment to grow up in. And there are kids who are far more screwed up than me <laughs> because of their experience in that school. Um, uh, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to ask about and not necessarily something that would occur to you, but to other people as the theme of, of this first episode is about standards. Did you ever, though, I mean, what your case might have been an example of, did you ever notice, because standards aren't a surprise, did you ever notice them being excessively enforced? Like, more than what you would expect it to be? That uh, Constantly. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that was it was just okay. every day. I mean, I guess maybe it's not over the top if it's always over the top that's just the standard but letter everything was the letter of the law you never got a break if you broke a rule just never got a break um mm-hmm. and i guess probably in their minds like if we slip on one thing then we have to slip on it for everybody and you know slippery slope argument fallacy in their head and they're like we have to be tough on everything um yeah it was just And did they, the other thing I'm always curious about, because standards is like the, usually if people are going to make a complaint about a religious or a Christian high school, the number one thing they're going to bring up, and I've I've found to be the case, is the rules, is the standards. So, but what I'm also automatically curious about is how well did the school communicate to you before you started attending what their rules were? Really well. It was, uh, you had a book, okay. we had a whole book that listed out every infraction and what, uh, mm-hmm. what the cost of such infraction would be. Um, I mean, there were some, maybe some just generalized ones, like, I don't know, I don't know why this one popped in my head first, but blasphemy, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I guess you can't really catalog every version of blasphemy, but, uh, there was a general category for it that they could get you for, uh, Right. Yeah, um, Understandably, you didn't. You didn't walk. No, I didn't. But there, if I did that, I would have got a certain amount of demerits for it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was well communicated. It was just so onerous. It just it was just a burden all the time. And again, I guess the the problem for me was. Right looking back, it was for stuff that was so minor and so natural to want to do as an American in the nineties <laughs> in the United States of America to want to do, you know, it was just like, it's what kids do. And, uh, and I guess that was a big emphasis. I remember, you know, we had chapel twice a week, we went to church twice a week, we uh, did all that kind of thing. And a common theme in the message, the countless messages I listened to, the countless preachings I listened to was being set apart from the world was a big emphasis for them Um, to, to look different, to talk different, to be different. Um, And that is, that can be a big burden. And it's, 
I think it probably made me more shy as a person growing up. Um, being different is tough. And in the ways they were asking us to be different, I didn't think they were necessary looking back. Um, and I, I think, and I, I should say, I know it, it made people who grew up in that environment like forever not right. Um, I mean, not to get too dark, but I know people who, because of the way they, because they were told the way they are was inherently sinful, ended up taking, ended up taking their own lives later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or ended up being completely removed from like associating with their family. Um, and that's right out of, right out of basically because of either what they were doing or yeah. how they were feeling. Or who they're attracted to or um, whatever. Um, right. And they thought that there was no other, because of, let's say, the given standard of the, of the school and environment, that there was no way that their right. family could accept it. And to live, I can't even imagine to live with that, like just being told for years and years how you feel is inherently wrong and and what you feel is inherently bad i mean that has to be an amazingly difficult emotional burden to bear um so it's i my opinion it's just not healthy to grow up that way um i don't like i'm not mad at my parents or anything for sending me to that school they're doing the best that they they thought was the best thing for me um the public schools and I grew up in Milwaukee. Public schools in Milwaukee are not very good. Um, so I, th- I think that was a major emphasis. They wanted to make sure that I was in a safe environment to learn in and a uh, productive environment to learn in. I think I had pretty good teachers overall. Uh, uh, maybe mm-hmm. not the best in certain subjects or anything like that. The, there's limited. But I, I guess another thing is that you know, my parents paid way too much to send me to that school. <laughs> Chris. I, I can't even imagine paying that much. I don't have any kids now, but paying that much money to send my kid to high school seems crazy in retrospect. Um, how many, I'm curious, how many video, video courses, courses did you have? Like the teacher was I, a tape. Did you have those? I didn't have any of those. On TV. Really? Oh, I had a couple. Of we had backup books, I think they were called. Mm-hmm. Or And then what was the Bob Jones curriculum called? Do you remember that? Was it just? Maybe. Was it just called Bob Jones? Uh, was it called, or was it? Were they? Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure. I. But yeah, did you? So you had the Becca. Was that the one where they literally tell you what to do every single like? Okay, turn to this. Yeah, page, there's some of that. Do this thing. Yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. So I mean, maybe the. But I. I did. My history teacher was very good. Um. Um. I had a science teacher who was smart. Um, he left the school. She was the vice principal as well. He left the school shortly after uh, I had graduated. School kind of went downhill from there a little bit. Um, yeah, in terms of because uh, he taught like pretty much all the math and all the science in the entire school. Um, oh, okay. So that's a huge hole to yeah, fill yeah. from one year to the next. Um, and also, they added a college, uh, the Baptist College of Ministry. Um, and they started diverting resources to that. 
from away from the high school, which kind of, I'll tell you, tells you the, the level of education they're getting at that school where your high school teachers are becoming college professors just because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Wow. Um, but I guess that school, like their emphasis is creating, you know, preachers and evangelists or whatever. I don't think they care so much about, you know, business leaders or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, I, I don't have firsthand experience of that. Um, my sister got basically kicked out of that school. Um, my two younger brothers went for a little while, but they didn't finish there. So um, pretty much everything else I've heard about the school is hearsay since then. And I think we're talking about, you were talking about your parents earlier. It's not like, and I don't think any parent sends their kid to the school, uh, sends their kid to a religious school in no. order to punish them. They're trying to, with the best of intentions, um, try to set them in a good environment where their faith can be strengthened right. and they can get an education. That's the ideal. But that sadly doesn't always happen, does it? Like not only, I mean, there is the common complaint among some of maybe of the faculty not being like the most qualified, but also spiritually, instead of it being, of it being a focus on God, did you find it being a focus on, you found yourself more focused on not getting Yes, focused. 100%. Um, saying you're not right with God was just code for you're not following our rules. That I, I never really felt and that whole time someone was actually concerned about a personal relationship that I was having with God. That was, it, no one cared about that. They cared about, um, or if they cared about it, they cared about it the completely wrong way. They cared about following the rules and uh, not embarrassing the school, basically, I guess. I, I, I would be the emphasis is in that order. Um, yeah, I, looking back, I, I just, I don't, I, I think that's like why a lot of people who went through that school, you kind of went through one extreme, you either went all in, you ended up in going to the Baptist College of Ministry afterwards and just were just all in it the whole time, or you became far less religious afterwards. And I, I would say I'm in that camp where um, it gave me a very bad taste in my mouth in terms of what religion means. I what The religion that is practiced there, I don't think is a genuine one or one that really helps you as you uh, go through life. Right, because as you're saying, it sounds, and this is a, a, a common complaint among people I've spoken to who said they've had a negative experience, is they would describe it as legalistic. Is that, is that how you uh, describe it? Sure, your, yeah. Uh, that's a term I would hear a lot, yeah. And yeah, it's it's about the rules. It's about following the rules. Um, you know, the only way we can tell if you're a good Christian if you're following these rules. So um, I it's a, it's a, it's a life philosophy that I think is harmful um, in terms that they have there. Uh, 
they're they're way too concerned about little things and the actual important things like being a good person and treating other people with respect and um, loving your neighbor as yourself. I believe that's in the book somewhere. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very much on the back burner there. Let me tell you about a time I was called into the principal's office. I was in third grade. I had been fighting during recess while playing basketball. The principal sat in his chair and we ate M&Ms. We talked about why, why I fought, why I felt angry, and what I should do when I feel angry like that again. And then I went back to class. I had a temper problem. I still do, but the reaction I got from my school was understanding and mercy. That was my experience. I was surrounded by people who cared about me as a person. And the rules were applied with compassion. So imagine my sadness and disappointment when I hear the account after account, similar to my friend Ryan. Children being treated as criminals, needing to be watched, investigated, and punished. Now, not all Christian schools are the same. For good or ill, all of them will have problems because they are run by imperfect people. But imperfection is no excuse for disciplinary cruelty. I realized I couldn't see the entire Christian school experience because I am a male. A tendency I found among those who had negative experiences with Christian schools mentioned how rules were applied to female students. Frequently, those using the hashtag Exposed Christian Schools are women. Across the board, regardless of ethnicity, geography, or denomination, how standards were applied to women were cited as excessive. I didn't see it because it wasn't part of my male Christian school experience. The rules were the rules, and that was that. I thought everything was normal and fine, but what I found for some women who attended my old school, even, they thought the standards were excessive for women. They were negatively affected mentally and emotionally. In fairness, today at my old high school, many of the previous rules are not the same, including the dress code, which has been relaxed. Psalm 19, verses 7 and 8 say, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's standards are to cause a transformation. It is to show people how far they fall short of God and and to see their need for God in their life. It gives you a perspective that causes positive transformation. Again, the point of Psalms, from simple to wise. The accounts of people I spoke with and communicated with had a transformation, but it went from happy to sad, from religious to agnostic, from faithful to faithless. The most discouraging, shocking discovery I found 
It wasn't the rebels, not the troublemakers, not kids being forced to be a Christian, but Bible-believing Christian students who wanted to comply, who wanted to obey the rules, felt abused by the excessive reach of standards of the school. Now, don't misunderstand me. Rules and standards are important. Rules and standards are not excessive. Having religious standards in the school is not excessive. What matters is how the standards are enforced and why they are enforced. Are they shaping and molding a person with strong moral character? Or are they causing damage to a child's mind and spiritual life? Running a school is a massive undertaking. Running a Christian school is an incredible challenge that a lot of wonderful, hard-working, underpaid people help run. Again, not all Christian schools have this harsher application of rules. Many are perfectly fine. Christian schools falter when they forget the reason for the rule and only focus on the violation of the rule. If I might offer a solution to the schools with this, with this issue of excessive application of standards, Christian schools need less investigations and more M&M conversations. Next time on The Story Is, we continue getting perspective on private religious schools with the trend of bullying. That's next time. Until then, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.